last Lord's Day for our time together studying from God's Word. We talked about a place that none of us wants to go to. We talked about hell. And so this morning, I want us to think about a better place. I want us to think about a place where all of us want to go. And that's a place called heaven. Let's face the facts. You and I are living in a flawed world. And though our world is flawed, we still experience seasons of joy and happiness and times of laughter. But we also experience sorrow. We experience sadness. We experience tears. And if we had nothing more to look forward to than what we have right now, if there was nothing better for us to look to in anticipation, we would be most miserable. We might enjoy living in this world, but no one wants to live here forever. Down inside of us, the longing of our hearts is for a better land. A land where there's no sickness and no death. A land where there's no suffering and no disappointment. Where misunderstandings and heartaches don't exist. A land that's void of remorse and tears and woe. What we learn, yearn for down inside of us is a land of unending delight and a place of rest. A land of peace and joy that's going to last forever. Somewhere where there are no sad partings. There are no goodbyes. Our hearts ache for a place like that. A place where we'll never have to part with those that we love so dearly. I remember reading not long ago about an elderly couple who died in a tragic automobile accident. And they went to heaven. And Peter was there to welcome them when they got to heaven. And the first thing Peter did was he showed them their mansion. And the man looked at it and he was completely overwhelmed by the sheer luxury of it all. And the man asked Peter, he said, how much is this going to cost us per night? Peter replied, sir, this is heaven. It's not going to cost you a thing. And then Peter took them into the dining room. And the table, the buffet was piled high with the finest foods imaginable. There was lobster and shrimp and filet mignon and prime rib and and beef tenderloin and all the most fabulous foods that the mind could imagine. And the man, completely overwhelmed, asked Peter, he said, how much for the meals? Peter said, you forget. This is heaven. It's free. And then Peter took them out back of their mansion. And they saw a fantastically beautiful golf course. The man looked at the golf course and he just stood there with his mouth open. And Peter said, now before you ask, 
There are no green fees. This is heaven. Everything's free. The old man looked at his wife. He said, you and your confounded bran muffins and turkey bacon, I could have been here ten years ago. Now that little story captures for us a place of unbelievable beauty and a place of unbelievable delight. I want to read some passages that describe that place that we call heaven. Revelation chapter 21 and verses 1 through 8. John writes, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And now I'm going to verse 22 of that same chapter. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. 
and there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. And they shall see His face, and His name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And He said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent His angels to show unto His servants the things that must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. That describes heaven. Heaven is a place that I want to go to. A place with no tears, no death, no mourning, no crying, and no pain. Remember last Sunday what we talked about? We talked about hell. Well, that's one of the reasons I want to go to heaven is because I don't want to go to hell. Over the years I've heard people say, I've had people say this to me. Well, I don't believe in hell. Well, guess what? You can't believe in heaven without believing in hell. And if I am not prepared for heaven when life is no more on this earth, then I'm going to be prepared for hell. You remember the old game show, Let's Make a Deal with Monty Hall? Well, guess what? There are only two places to spend eternity. You can go to heaven, you can go to hell. There is no door number three. Heaven is a prepared place, and it's prepared for prepared people. Hell was a place that was prepared for the devil and his angels. God does not want any man or woman ever to go to hell. Because it wasn't made for mankind. But to go to heaven, we have to listen to the earnest pleadings of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We cannot. We cannot and we must not deliberately or carelessly Neglect to live God's kind of life. Because if we fail to listen, and if we fail to obey, if we fail to live God's kind of life, then we will spend eternity in a devil's hell. We need to see the reality of hell, and I hope we were able to do that in some way last week. You know, sometimes it's like the family that I heard about one time had this old black cat. And this old black cat would stand around the dinner, the dining room table and meow, meow, walk around the table. And finally one day, little Johnny picked that old black cat up. Mama, Mama had just got all the food on the table for lunch. And little Johnny picked that black cat up and set the cat on the table. And Mama said, Johnny, get that cat off the table. What do you mean putting that cat on that table? He said, well, Mama, all that cat ever does is walk around crying, wanting to see what's on the table. And I figured if the cat saw what was up there, he wouldn't be so interested in it anymore.
we've got to see what kind of place hell really is. And I hope we did that last week. Because it's an awful place. And it might be like that old black cat. If, if folks could get a real good look at what hell is like, sin might lose a whole lot of its appeal. And folks might just want to live for Jesus then. But I want to go to heaven. And one of the reasons I want to go to heaven is because heaven is not going to be crowded for room. Remember what Jesus said to the apostles in John chapter 14? His parting words. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. Now I want you to listen to John's description of heaven in Revelation chapter 21 verses 16 and 17. And the city lieth four square. And the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, 140 and four cubits, according to the measure of man that is of the angel. 12,000 furlongs. That's about 1,200 miles, or 6,336,000 feet. You do all the calculations and you find out that heaven is somewhere around 1.4 million square miles, give or take a mile. If you're talking about a literal size, that is 6 times the size of the state of Texas. Now don't misunderstand. I don't want to imply that that is the literal size of heaven. Because that's not. The point is this. John saw something greater and something grander and something more magnificent than he had ever seen before. I mean, after all, it's bigger than Texas. I want to go to heaven because it's going to be a big place and it's not going to be crowded. And I want to go to heaven because it's beautiful. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, I hath not seen, I hath not seen what God has prepared. You know what else he says? God has prepared these things, who? For those that love Him. There is no way to imagine anything as beautiful and as lovely as the description given of heaven in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. What did John say? The gates are made of pearl. And it's not a bunch of inlaid pearls. He said each gate is one pearl. How would you like to see the oyster that made that one? Each gate in heaven is one pearl. It's a beautiful place. God loves beauty. God loved beautiful things or God wouldn't have created so much beauty in this world. You think about this world around us. 
And how many things we have seen, you've seen, that I've seen, and the wonder and the awe that they have produced with us. Think of the beautiful butterflies you've seen in your life. Who painted those butterflies with all of those gorgeous colors? It was God. Who put that red on the breast of the robin? It was God. Whose palette mixed the colors to give the rose its beauty? It was God. Who created the beauty of the sunrise and the glorious gorgeousness of the sunset? It was God. God created all of this beauty in this world and God loves things that are beautiful. And so heaven, the way John describes it, heaven is going to be a place of beauty. And I want to see it. And I want to go there because of its music. You see, Paul said, I have not seen. But he told the Corinthians something else. He said, ear hath not heard. There is no music on the top side of God's green earth that will compare to the music that you and I are going to hear when we get to heaven. I've heard some beautiful, beautiful music during my lifetime. I've heard Hank Williams and Jim Reeves and Roy Acuff. I've heard all of that sophisticated music. I've even listened to the show band of the Southwest. For those of you that don't know, that's the University of Texas marching band. Seriously, all joking aside, I have been privileged to attend some wonderful concerts where the music of the masters like Beethoven and Bach and Chopin and Liszt, Tchaikovsky have been performed. But the most beautiful concert that I've ever heard will not compare to the music that you and I are going to hear in heaven. Here's what John talks about in Revelation chapter 14. And I looked. And lo, a lamb stood on the mountain, and with him a hundred forty and four thousand having the Father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of the great thunder, and the voice I heard was as the voice of harpers harping with their harps. Now listen to it. And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 redeemed from the earth. That's what's going to happen in heaven. All the redeemed from the earth are going to gather around the throne of God and sing the new song. The voice of many waters. Picture the beauty and the majesty and the perfect rhythm of a waterfall. And that's the perfect rhythm of the 144,000 redeemed singing around God's throne. And the voice I heard was as the voice of a great thunder. Think of the volume of that great chorus singing in heaven. 
And the voice I heard was as the voice of harpers harping with their hearts. Can you imagine? 144,000 harps all playing in tune. That's the melody. So as the 144,000 redeemed of the earth sing the new song in heaven, it's going to be the greatest rhythm, the greatest volume, and the most beautiful melody you've ever heard. Paul said, I hath not seen, and ear hath not heard what God's prepared for those that love Him. I want to go there. Because you know what? It's a place of comfort and a place of rest. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12, Paul writes, Now we see through a glass darkly. You know, there's a lot of things in this old world we don't understand. There's a lot of things we can't figure out. And I think that's why I like the song in the book. And I'm not going to sing it. It's farther along. Tempted and tried, we're off made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long while there are others living about us living so wicked though in the wrong farther along we'll know all about it farther along we'll understand why farther along oftentimes we see people suffering pain and agony in this life and part of their physical system is out of order it's out of whack and I don't care how happy your home is sorrow and mourning come to the happiest of homes and there are sad goodbyes along the way from loved ones and friends and life is filled with disappointment on every hand but in heaven there's no pain there's no sorrow there's no death God has given us that promise of no sorrows, no sad farewells. There'll be no bitter tears. John says God's going to wipe them all away. You see, I'm, I'm invited to go to heaven. That's why I want to go. I'm invited. And having been invited, I know I'm going to be welcome. Have you ever been somewhere where you didn't feel Welcome. I've never liked to go somewhere where I thought people might not want me. And have you ever been somewhere where you felt like that you were just being tolerated because they asked you to be there because nobody wanted to hurt your feelings? That's a miserable existence, isn't it? Well, guess what? That's not the way it is in heaven. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Jesus isn't going to heaven to tolerate us there just to keep from hurting our feelings. He wants us to come there. And He wants us to live there eternally. But I want to go to heaven because of its companionships. Do you remember the reading we had at the very beginning of this and it told us about the kind of people that are going to inhabit hell? Can you imagine spending eternity with the selfish, the ungodly, and the fearful? I don't want to spend eternity with unbelieving liars, gamblers, and murderers. Think what it would be like to be constantly surrounded by backbiters, gossipers, meddlers, 
and the wicked of all ages. I don't want to be around people like that on earth, much less when I get to heaven. And much less throughout all eternity. In heaven are going to be those who've had their garments washed in the blood of the Lamb. Those who've lived righteous lives. God's going to be there. Jesus is going to be there. And I want to be there too. I want to meet those faithful saints of old, people like Abraham and Isaac and Isaiah and Peter and Paul and James. I want to stand around the throne of God and I want to be in that chorus that sings the new song with all the redeemed of all the ages. Who knows, maybe Andrew or John might be the one leading the singing when we get there. Think about the glorious reunion. It's another song. When all of God's singers get home, where never a heartache will come. Nobody's going to be gasping for breath and failing to get it. No cheeks are going to be turning pale. and There's not going to be any eyes there with a glassy stare. There's not going to be any undertakers. There's going to be no funerals. There's going to be no heartache, no sorrow, no sad farewells. It's all going to be joy and gladness basking in the sunlight of God's redeeming love throughout all ages, world without end. And think what it's going to mean someday to hear Jesus Christ look me in the eye and say, Well done, good and faithful servant. But with all the preparation that's been made, with all the beauty that God has prepared, with the fact that Jesus wants us to be there, you and I can still miss heaven. We can maybe delay our preparation until it's too late and be like the rich man in Luke chapter 16. And then it's too late to change our destiny. Oh my goodness. I've got friends I want to see when I get over there. I've got loved ones I want to see over there. And that's what makes heaven so important. And so much more important as we grow older. I've said this a thousand times and this will make a thousand and one. Many years ago, my grandfather and I were talking. He said, you know, son, the older I get, the more appeal heaven has to me. And he was an old man when he said that. He was about 68 years old. He said, the older I get, the more heaven appeals to me. Because the older I get, and with every passing year, I have more friends there than I do here. You see, that's what happens with all of us. We reach a point in life where we have more loved ones there than we do here. Like the words of that song, Oh, think of the home over there. One verse of it reads, Oh, think of the friends over there. Many dear to my heart over there are watching and waiting for me. I want to see there, I want to see my loved ones, my friends that have gone before. I want to see Paul I want to ask him some questions. 
I want to spend some time with Peter and John. I want to meet Zacchaeus and find out exactly what Jesus said to him that day that he went home with him that changed his life so dramatically. But there is one friend I'd rather see than all the others. And that's the dearest, sweetest, most precious friend I've ever had. And the dearest, sweetest, most precious friend you've ever had. The one that died for me and for you while we were sinners. The one who helps me when I'm tempted and blesses me every day. The one who promised me a mansion. I want to see Jesus. I want to live with Him throughout all of eternity. Now here's the question. Do you want to go to heaven? Have you started the journey? You start the journey in simple trusting faith in Jesus Christ, repenting of everything that's sin in your life, confessing His name, and being buried in the waters of baptism to wash away all those sins. And that starts the journey toward that place called heaven. If you haven't done that, this would be a good time to do it. But maybe you've done that, but you've faltered, you've stumbled along the way and haven't lived God's kind of life. You need to come back and say, Lord, I've sinned. And I want brothers and sisters to pray with me and for me. Do you want to go to heaven? Do you need to make changes to do it? If we can help you make those changes, this is your opportunity to do that as we stand and while we sing.